which is one reason Verne located his hero here. It might surprise you to know that for much of history, London has also been the center of the world of wine. Not the production of wine. You won't see many vines on your scenic Thames River cruise, although British vineyards today produce wines, especially sparklers, of rising reputation. No, it's the wine trade that is centered here. And because of that, wine critics, wine writers, and wine educators are disproportionately drawn to London as well. It started, to pick a date, in the cathedral in Poitiers on Whit Sunday, May 18th of 1152, when the future King Henry II married Eleanor of Aquitaine. By this act, a vast swath of southwest France came under British control, including an area that we will visit in the next chapter, Bordeaux. For the next 300 years, the vines of Bordeaux were Britain's vineyards. British investment in the French wine industry and British consumption of vast quantities of the stuff led inevitably to a sophisticated wine trade that continues to this day. Jules Verne reports that Phileas Fogg took good advantage of London's central place in the world of wine at the Reform Club, where he had breakfast and dinner each and every day. Club decanters of a lost mold, Verne tells us, contained his sherry, his port, and his cinnamon-spiced claret, while his beverages were refreshingly cooled with ice brought at great cost from the American lakes. Sherry, port, and claret, the traditional British name for the wines of Bordeaux. Nothing could be more logical for the refined Mr. Fogg, and no better place to begin our journey, I think, than 3 St. James's Street and the Berry Brothers and Rudd doorway. The Challenge The challenge for Phileas Fogg was relatively straightforward. A story in the Daily Telegraph pronounced that, using scheduled commercial steamship and rail transport links, it would be possible to circle the globe in 80 days, which represented a tremendous triumph of technology and rational calculation over nature and distance. This journey was an audacious idea in the Victorian age, and not an easy thing to accomplish even today using boats, trains, and so on. BBC television presenter Michael Palin struggled to match Fogg's pace on the same basic route in his 1989 television series, even using modern fast trains and ships. Cheating, which in this case means taking to the air, makes the task almost ridiculously easy. The supersonic Concorde holds the record for a full circumnavigation by a commercial jetliner following the equator, more or less, just under 32 hours. Wow. 80 days? Nonsense, the members of the Reform Club who were gathered around declared. Not nonsense, Fogg replied, and he bet 20,000 British pounds that he could do it, starting at once. This was a very bold thing to do, not just because the idea came out of the blue, but because one pound in 1872 had the purchasing power of about 80 pounds today, therefore making the wager the equivalent of 1.6 million pounds, or about $2 million. What nerves the cool, rational Mr. Fogg must have had to make such a bet, and what trust he must have had in reason and technology. Although I am a trained economist and schooled in the ways of rational thought, I would not have made Phileas Fogg's bet not for $2 million or $20 million or any sum at all. The challenge I set and the figurative wager I make with you, the listener, is much different. I propose to lead you on a journey around the world, 
collecting 80 precious bottles to try to answer a simple question. Why wine? Why wine? What kind of question is that? Well, you know what I mean. What is it about wine that captures our imagination today much as it must have done 8,000 years ago? Why has wine inspired our passions over the centuries and around the globe? What is wine's hold on us and why does it endure? Why, to get personal for a moment, are you so interested in wine that you have this book in your hands when there are thousands of other books on other topics that you could be listening to instead? There must be something very special about wine, something beyond acid, sugar, alcohol, and the other constituent parts. Why wine? It's a good question, and I am willing to go to some trouble to try to find the answer. Answering this question...